I'm Mike Ruby, and you're listening to Now That's Art. Our interview today is with Sydney Rahimtula, a photographer, filmmaker, and performer. In her work, she aims to increase the visibility and accessibility of stories of black and brown communities. She's from Queens, New York, graduate from the Royal Academy of Art in The Hague, which is based in the Netherlands. My interview with her is simply inspiring. She talks about her creative process, the importance of establishing discipline in her life, and moving out of love, not fear. She also shares her experience working with psilocybin, and how this has impacted her art. The creative process is messy and mysterious, which oftentimes provokes anxiety, fear, uncertainty. The big news here is that you're not alone in this. My conversation with Cindy is so empowering for me, as it is a reminder that these can be actually your ammunition to which you paint, film, express yourself with, create with. This anxiety, fear, uncertainty can actually propel you into creating. There's a wealth of knowledge in this interview, and I hope that we all can learn something new from this amazing creative. And please like and subscribe to this podcast so you can get each episode weekly. And if you have any questions, you can always email us at nowthatsartpod at gmail.com. And lastly, a written review does wonders to get this podcast out to more people. Now my interview with Sydney Rahimtula. So can you describe to us how your creative process works? I am more aligned with like the idea of how discipline gives you more freedom. So like I was saying earlier, I tried to wake up early. I tried to wake up at six in the morning. Um, and normally when I wake up at six, I'm on my phone and I really need to stop doing that. I wrote that on my journals this morning. I was like, I need to stop getting on my phone at six in the morning because when you wake up, I wake up. The first thing I want to hear is my body, my heart, the birds, the sounds of the room. But when I go straight to TikTok, it's just like so absorbed and it makes an impression for the day. Um, so I think making the best impression for the day gives you the best creative process because you're allowing your mind to take in what you did the night before. So it's a little bit more like heady and like abstract and I guess spiritual but that's how I would start my creative process um or like my day because my day is creative every day <laughs> um and most of the time when I am undergoing a creative project um in the past my process has been very chaotic because I like engulf myself in that project and nothing else matters in the world, no matter my health, my state of mind, my relationships, right. like my, my house being clean, like everything is just shut out. So that process has been very toxic. So my process has been toxic and I'm trying to redefine what a creative process is in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned so many great things there. And do you find that when you're more healthy in your creative process, you get better work done? Is that kind of the thought there? Yeah, I think I get more meaningful work done. More meaningful. I think yeah. that's, yeah, because the toxic level of producing will get you there short term, but then you're left empty in the end. 
And then you have to take these art breaks that I'm taking right now and that I don't want to produce. So t- tell me, what, what, does this, what does this mean? So you said over the last six months you've been on an art break. What, what, is that, what does that mean for you? Yo, the last year. Let's talk, let's talk about it. Um, so basically last year the pandemic started and I was already not feeling very secure about my art practice or myself. Sorry if you hear New York in the background. I live in the Bronx, so shit is popping in the yeah. streets every day. Oh, an ambulance <laughs> will come by no in a second for us. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe the music will start playing from my neighbors, mm-hmm. but hopefully not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I the pandemic started, and but I was already quite burnt out from like some last projects I did in 2019. Um, and when the pandemic started, my role in the web shop I work at, I work at a psychedelic web shop, increased. At the same time, I had a curating project at the same time. So during the pandemic, digital web shops were popping. Like people were ordering shit like it's no other. Exactly. Especially psychedelics. So <laughs> work, yeah. So work was really almost full time. And then I was curating a show and I was just doing, I had, and I had engulfed myself too much in that project to the point that I started getting stomach ulcers and getting sick, like physically sick. Mm. Um, and then that summer, I got a grant to work on a project. They gave me thousands of euros to make a project within a year. It's like a development project, so I can self-develop in any way. Yeah, it's really awesome. It's given me a lot of security um, for months that I'm not working. I have that to fall back on, which is great. Um, but I had to have not produced this last year um, because I was going through a lot of, um, I don't know, I felt very frozen during the pandemic. And then the BLL movement was really rampant during the summer. And in Europe, I was going through all the, uh, not all of them, but as much as I could, I was going through the demonstrations and uh educating myself and others on what was happening but all of a sudden I started dissociating from reality and um not recognizing my surroundings not recognizing my own body my partner my ex-partner now and my myself and if I couldn't connect with my body how can I connect with my art so Mm. I had to step away from that yeah that's basically how it all started um, I also started teaching at the university that I graduated from in the Netherlands, which is like on paper sounds really amazing. And I took the job to make extra money. Like I was just taking jobs to make money. Like I was like, mm-hmm. let me make more money. Right. Um, and this, that shot myself in the foot. I love, I love my students, but there's so much bureaucracy with teaching, especially teaching art. Mm-hmm. And the Netherlands compared to the USA the Netherlands is a small country. Therefore, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows each other. Mm. And the Netherlands right now is going through a revamping in their creative community. There has been a lot of problematic things happening in the school I was teaching at and the community at large. Um, so I was just in the middle of all that as well. Not like personally involved, but being a teacher at a problematic institution was taxing on my mental health. Right. So, yeah. I was just chasing a bag and hmm. ended up burning out, basically. Yeah, yeah I definitely I'm, feel like that. It, it can that can be a really 
maybe not a common story, but a common theme um, in the creative world when you're just chasing the money or when you're, you know, not just, but when you're really trying to do it all for like money or, you know, if your focus isn't like just purely the creation, I think it can, it can lead to a lot of burnout and a lot of like toxic behaviors. Um, And I think also like, there's also the connection of, um, you know, all of these famous artists and amazing artists who just unfortunately either struggle with mental health or, you know, a substance abuse or things like that, that can also lead to, um, you know, toxic behaviors and toxic, like, creation. Um, but then, you know, also the creation is amazing and we get things like, you know, Starry Night from Van Gogh, even though he was yeah. severely <laughs> struggling. <laughs> I think about it sometimes. I'm like, damn, like, <laughs> it's crazy to me um, because I'm starting to reconsider whether art should be a career. Mm. I don't know mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, um, absolutely. My, Air- <laughs> my AirPod is falling off. Um, my ears are small. <laughs> I know. Yeah, those those so earpods are, are very specific to an ear. Yeah, they don't fit my ears either. Yeah, they don't work for me. <laughs> Hence, I have these over the over the ear headphones. Oh my, oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't know how people can do AirPods. I feel like I look stupid right now. <laughs> Whatever. No. Hey, no, you you rock it. You you and about like thirty million people rocking these things. So I'm starting to reconsider whether art should be a career or not. Um, most. I'm saying that now, but mm-hmm. it's just a, an idea in my mind because, or not an idea for myself, but just a thought that I've had because it just, there's a love for it, but we're living in a society where why do something that I love have to suddenly become something that makes me money? Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, that's a real thought. It is. And I'm just like, I I don't know, like, um, I produce the most work or the best or what I consider my favorite work mm-hmm. when it's not um, having to be sold or whether I don't have to, um, yeah, be commissioned for it where it's really right. for myself. But at the same time, yeah, you also have to pay your bills, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Oh, capitalism I, knocks again. Yeah. And it's just like, that's why I'm in the Netherlands as well to some degree because life is easier but at the same time a little bit more um i i guess boring because you know there's not enough when you're in new york or when you're in america there's a certain pizzazz to it that mm-hmm. my mind is so stimulated and so mm-hmm. um and so inspired and in the netherlands it's just like it's gray every day sometimes you don't see sun for three months but at the same time you know i'm taken care of so there's like a right. yeah there's yeah, so I mean, you mentioned a good point because I think art, being creative and producing art in our lives doesn't necessarily have to lead to the job, like whatever that art is, it doesn't have to pay some bills. And I think a lot of people, especially for me, I, I, my day job is in medicine, but I do this on the side. It just kind of gives me a, a creative outlet. But one thing that I've noticed when I'm talking to people is the 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 this desire to create something and whether it makes you money whether it doesn't 
it's still a really important. So I wanted to ask you, what, what is like creativity mean for you? What does creating mean for your life? And like, how does that give you meaning? Creating for me um, is probably, at its, for me at its core, is just like what life is. I don't know. I know that sounds really like cheesy. Um, <laughs> it really is. It is a little cheesy, but creating some, yeah, creativity for me is really the source of life itself. Like we're on this earth through a creation of two people that have merged and then we're here. Yeah. That starts with that. I think it's the most beautiful thing, you know, that life can offer is creativity in that sense. And then from there, it just, um, it can spiral into different things. It can spiral into art making. It can spiral into romance. It can spiral it can conspire into basically the purest way that a human can communicate. Um, like there's this, um, okay. So I've been getting into astrology <laughs> during oh, the yeah. pandemic. That's great. <laughs> oh yeah. The COVID hobby. <laughs> Yo, for real though. But I've always been into astrology. Um, but I got into it more because I was really interested of how people actually use it in their day-to-day businesses and practices mm. to time events and how they're going to do business decisions. And I was like, that's pretty awesome. How the world used to like revolve around what happens in the sky and it's a correlate, it's not a causation, whatever, anyways. Yeah. Um, but they're in the birth chart, there's like 12 slices, you know, you have your first house, second house, you've probably heard of houses. Mm-hmm. And the fifth house is the house of, um, is the house of Leo and we're almost in Leo season. Uh, in July but <laughs> yeah um yeah are you Leo I am yeah oh you are <laughs> so this is uh relevant for you oh very. uh are you are you in July Leo or August Leo August Leo I'm just on the cusp of Leo uh Virgo okay okay so like actually that's cool because um like in the degree theory in astrology um the later degrees apparently you're more like well-formed Leo because oh. Uh-huh. yeah i don't know i, mean, I don't okay. know what that means <laughs> right <laughs> i'll take it yeah but anyways the fifth house is i i don't want to call myself an expert i'm just a hobbyist y'all don't come for me don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't at me yeah um don't at me but the fifth house is the house of leo and leo is like the house of like pure creativity and fun and romance and it's really the house where humans express themselves at like the like the purest form and that can also involve sex and um yeah it can also involve uh the lower frequency of things like gambling because gambling is an addiction and addictions are also a way that humans purely express themselves you know mm-hmm. um but yeah i think creativity in that is pure and it's um at its highest frequency is is art I think, or yeah. sound, or music, yeah, visual art, sound, music, yeah. That was that. That's awesome. Uh, very well said. My audience tends to be like a young artist or a black artist or artists looking to to better the way they think about and approach the creative process, so they can thrive in it, thrive in the creative journey. What has helped you navigate your own creative journey? Um, for me, it would really be, in general, it would be rest, meditation, um. And also, I would I would want to say I would actually want to say rest for the most part, 
And the reason why is rest can manifest in different ways, um, whether through meditation or yoga or basically doing nothing. And the reason I say that is because we as humans, we tend to want to make something good. Mm-hmm. And we're so result oriented that we forget to actually like get into the process of making. Yeah. Um, and usually when I realize I'm becoming too result oriented and I'm like, I want this to be a good photo i want this to be a good video i want it to be a good piece i actually stop myself and i actually try to remind myself why i'm even making this photograph or why i'm even making this video um and it's mostly not due to like it being good and getting clout or getting hired because then you're just making it for for the other for someone else and not for yourself um and the reason why I say that rest and meditation is because those tools can allow you to like be more self-aware of your thought process and be more attuned to what your thoughts are saying um, and listening to yourself. So if you see, see yourself seesawing to this, like, I want people to like acknowledge this being good, mm-hmm. then you can actually like listen and be like, hold up, that's not right. Let me rewind and stop for a second and actually remind myself what I'm, what it is I'm really doing, right. you know? Yeah, that's really great. Focusing on the what, not the how. Um, That for me is a thing I remind myself. I can get so bogged down on the process of how to do something and really lose sight of why I'm even doing it. Um, Exactly. Yeah, what am I doing it for? Um, For someone, you mentioned the word meditation. And I I think this is a a great one because when I hear the word meditation, I think of something different. And for a long time, I was like, hogwash like it doesn't work i don't even know what this means like do i can't even sit still in my room for like five minutes what do you mean meditating um wh- some someone who's just like i don't like meditating that's a i don't like that word get what what are some tips that like help somebody who who hasn't who hasn't really committed themselves to meditating <laughs> how do you meditate and how do you think about it or even has trouble resting yeah like, or even not resting yeah <laughs> for sure i mean yo that is me to some extent uh um, I'm a neurotic person. I'm very control. Like, just a side note, I am not. I'm not a calm person at all. Anyone who knows me, I am like a bag of anxiety. I'm neurotic. I'm very controlling with my art. Yeah. So this is something I'm learning myself. Well, you're um, not. You're not the only one. <laughs> so, I mean, everything you just said, I feel like I relate to. It. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I have been doing yoga since I was like 12. I just started like watching this, like I, my mom had a yoga VHS tape and I just kept replaying everything. <laughs> the same tape. <laughs> the same tape. But I, yeah, but I didn't know what yoga was. Like I was like, I want to be the most flexible. I want to be like yeah. the most, like, I want to do the vinyasa flow the best, you know, that's not yoga. You know, mm-hmm. like you can, your form can be like not as good as the next person, but you could be totally in your body. And that isn't itself yoga, you know, being present in that. Math. right right but yeah um but with meditation like i feel like that's the whole point of meditation is not to be result oriented and when you want to see results in meditation you've already shot yourself in the foot uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great that's so true um the thing is meditation is just like listening back inside yourself this is this is what it is for me yeah is listening to what my thoughts are today i don't do it almost i don't do it every day 
and I should do it every day, but I don't. Um, but I, of course, we all have periods where we're like at the gym every day. And then like, there's some months mm-hmm. where you're like, yo, I'm not at the gym. I'm not doing yoga. I haven't meditated. It's an up and down journey. But for me, it's listening to my thoughts. What are my thoughts telling me today? What is that inner dialogue saying today? And you're just letting it flow. You're just observing. And when you are pacing away, I don't know. I just try to go back to my breath, try to hear mm-hmm. my heartbeat. Then you're really present. You're in that flow moment. Um, I would say meditating is the same as washing dishes. Like you're washing dishes and then finally you get into it and mm-hmm. nothing is really like your thoughts are pacing. Like when you're cleaning, your thoughts are like, I got to do this. I got to do that. And all of a sudden it's just like the more you're in your cleaning mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just get into that, you know, mind, yeah. body, mind, body connect. So that's kind of the goal I think with meditation but then again is there a goal I think it's more to connect with yourself and your thoughts being more self-aware the more you start to learn the more you start to listen to what your brain is really saying the more you're more the more self-aware you are in your day-to-day so mm-hmm. maybe you're at work and you start self-deprecating yourself but with meditation you start to notice it more quickly I'm saying this shitty thing about myself now I'm gonna go back to what I was doing yeah right and that's the thing with art you know like you know you're just making something and all of a sudden it's like this is good this is bad no it's just what it is it's your, uh-huh. art, it's your progress you know and uh, it gets better so yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. getting somewhere else <laughs> that, no no i think you hit some i think you hit some great points i mean i think meditating is fundamental and i liked how you brought that up as fundamental in your creative journey for me at least i, I think there there is a hesitancy to meditate because i'm not doing anything you know what i mean like i think about it in a sense of like this isn't do anything i'm just sitting here but it's so i've had over the years had a shift in mindset that it is actually doing more than i could ever dream of and stilling, like making my body still, my mind still, and just focusing, it actually, it makes me not judge it. And mm-hmm. there's a process I have is overthinking. I can overthink a project before I even yep. begin it. <laughs> and so, you yep. know, <laughs> you, you can you relate to that. <laughs> I can really relate to that. To that. I'm just like, I'm, damn, overthinking, man. Like, it's the worst. It's, it's honestly the worst. Honestly, I keep I keep thinking back to microdosing right now because <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought I'm that up. <laughs> I'm on the Netherlands right now, so I'm dry out of microdosing. <laughs> and when I was trying to hit up a plug, I was like, "This is too much money." When I get it for free, oh yeah, back home. Yeah. <laughs> so what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting because microdose. Anyways, you you had a question. I don't know if you did, but if you did. <laughs> No, I I was just I was just saying overthinking causes it it, it 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 meditation helps me not overthink, um, which allows me to finish projects non judgmentally, um, yeah. But I think microdosing. What is so you brought up psilocybin? You worked in psilocybin. This is legal in Netherlands and something that you have experience with. How does that relate yeah. to your? Uh, how's that? Has that helped you create? Yes, it has, but I don't want to be on like the podcast saying, "Yo, everyone takes psychedelics." Like, no. I mean, maybe yeah. everyone should, but 
Um, the, the reason why I keep thinking psychedelics is because like meditation has helped and it is helping when I am doing it on a consistent level or even on days where sometimes the meditation is going to be two minutes. You know, I've already sensed that I'm feeling overwhelmed. I can sense my shoulders are going up and I'm like this, you know, crouching mm-hmm. in an office position. <laughs> so I just take a couple of deep breaths, you know. Um, so that's already for me just a slight small meditation I'm going back within but microdosing has helped a lot um I don't microdose often but it does work very similarly or quite similar to meditation especially with psilocybin I still work at the web shop by the way <laughs> to pay my bills That's great. um yeah and the way psilocybin works is that it kind of turns off your ego we have a you work in medicine what what yeah. part of medicine you work in oh i'm i'm in i was in dermatology and now i'm in emergency medicine oh okay cool yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah oh, okay that's nice there's a part of, there's a lot of parts in your brain but there is one part it's the default mode network i don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with it it's like here and it regulates your ego or it regulates some part of your inner dialogue and the way psilocybin works is that um it kind of like shuts off parts, activities of it. So your ego is less, you know, less uh, overbearing, I guess you could say, less activity. And that actually helps you get into more flow states, more um, more states of like not listening to like your judgmental thoughts, you know, and gets you more into like just enjoying the process. So sometimes when I am like thinking about a new project or, if I'm writing something or if I think if I want to think about new ideas, I do microdose. Sometimes I feel like I'm cheating, but I don't know. <laughs> I try not to be too Yeah. It's interesting that you that it would be thought of as cheating because uh there's so many studies that are coming out now about um about how microdosing psilocybin is is uh very extremely similar to taking antidepressants, certain antidepressants. Um, oh, yeah. so it's kind of like, you know, if you take an antidepressant, like, you know, you're not cheating because, <laughs> you know, you need, you, you know, it, it helps to regulate your mind and, you know, prevents, at least for me, it's been very helpful. And I've been, there's been times when I've needed it and when I haven't. Um, but I think that microdosing gives you a little bit more accessibility in the sense of like, I don't have to do it today. And I don't, you know, there's... It, with antidepressants like most of the time you have to take them every day because they have to build up in your system and all that kind of stuff um so there's a little less dependency but um but it's just interesting that that you know it does have that kind of stigma of like am i cheating am i like you know getting something over on the system by like taking this drug to help expand my mind yeah which is interesting because it it does feel like I mean, I, I, I've, I've thought this too, like, um, in, in a sense, when someone, so I've, I've microdosed, I'll, I'll come out in a minute, um, <laughs> and uh, it's an experience that you should definitely read up on and do it safely if you're going to do it, and do it with someone who has experience with doing it. There's a lot of resources out there. If you are interested in it, there's just a plethora of ways to do it appropriately, because there's yeah. bad ways to do it. And For you real. don't want to be in a situation where you're with someone who hasn't done it before and you do too much or whatever. So just do your research, find someone who's done it before and do it responsibly. And when when it does happen, 
this dude, we're so attached to our ego and we're so like conditioned that that is who we are right this like reactionary person that we all we we live with uh, all the time and yeah. when we turn that off you're free from it and you, you almost feel like you're cheating almost a little bit because oh man i should be i'm society wants me to force me to be this person to just react to everything but i mean it's something really really special when that 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 turns off and you're not judging things the way you usually are and you just see things clearly um and you just experience it and you're just sitting there and you're just experiencing and yeah. uh and then you realize oh i fight this experience so much um For you know real. what i mean and it feels like it's cheating because it's almost seems like the better way to do it um but in, in, yeah. in essence we're almost cheating ourselves listening to the ego you know what i mean that's true. I mean, I guess it is our ego saying that we are cheating in a way when you think about it. And also, I think it's also this, yeah. I, I don't know, I, maybe it's just me, but I think there's this kind of like, uh, how do I say this? I feel like there's the spiritual community can sometimes, I mean, the spiritual community is on the microdosing wave. It's a huge hype right now. For sure. Um, but there is this sort of like, thing of like you shouldn't be taking certain substances or there's no easy way there's no easy way or uh step to bypass when it comes to like your own healing you know what i mean mm. like yeah no right yeah. right that's what that's what i was saying the mindset that you take this medication with in so many ways will will present a if you're not mentally in a healthy spot, it's it's going to give you a different experience. Um, For sure. I mean, I've microdosed, so there are different protocols. I mean, there are just, yeah, there are different microdosing protocols. I do, I've done only, I've done the, spor the spontaneous one. I just do it whenever. <laughs> and then there's the Fatimone method, which a lot of people are familiar with who have done research on microdosing. Oh, that's let's, like every. Let's, let's give a little, let's give a little snippet. So the Fatima method is um, was coined by James Fatima, who created a psychedelic explorer guide a few years ago, 2011, 12. I'm forgetting. Um, and he proposed he was one of the first to propose microdosing as a mainstream um, practice. Um, and he created the protocol, the Fatima method, which you take every three days. So the first day is your dosage day. The second day you have this afterglow effect, which is personally my favorite day. Um, I feel the effects after, like this, like, ooh, I'm mm -hmm. new again. And then there's your resting day, and then you take it again. So if you take it on Monday, you take it again on Thursday. So you have this little window. Oh, you know, you take it again. Yeah, you take it again on Thursday. And I was doing that method, and I was like, wow, this is great. Like, the first time I took a microdose, I was so relaxed. I was like, wow, <laughs> I need to be like this more often. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I realized that. I actually have uh, quite a lot of anxiety mm. and the days I wasn't microdosing, which not a lot of people talk about, I was more anxious after. I don't know if like I had yeah. this, it was in a withdrawal period because I wasn't like, I need more, but I was like, whoa, I'm, I noticed my anxiety yeah. more. Mm -hmm. I was not prepared for this. Right. Good point. Uh, yeah. And so I resonate with that, that that's not, that shouldn't be the the cure for all or it shouldn't if you're not in the right mindset to do it then you shouldn't mm -hmm. you know you should really be prepared what with what you're taking 
Um, And I was not, you know, I didn't dose it right. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe I took too heavy doses. So that could happen. Yeah. Your intentions, also intentions too. Like if I'm just going to, I just want to get fucked and you will will absolutely do that. Uh, It would absolutely happen to you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But in terms of creativity, it has helped. Um, It has helped me let go because like you were saying, even before you start a project, you start judging it. Mm-hmm. You start overthinking. And at least in this sense, this pre-production phase of your new creative venture, at least you allow yourself to be excited about it without, you know, yes, without judging yourself. And I think it brings you back to this kid-like, you know, hmm. like this kid-like, uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, we circled around microdosing. I knew we would talk about this. Oh, but. oh yeah, you brought it. You 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 led me into it. Uh, but I think I mean I think it's important because I mean education for me is important because you know when I'm in medicine and safe sex is important. People are gonna have sex like when this whole like condom. Uh, I mean in school I remembered like being taught abstinence or like uh that's it that's how you prevent you know stds it's like don't have sex it's like never you'll never get one but it's it's education it's educating people on if you're going to do this which we know you we are know you are like you know or at least you know somebody who's doing it so you might do it the safest way possible so you you speaking on this maybe maybe it's, it's going to help a lot of people yeah i think harm reduction is an important part of um yeah, of anything, of in this particular thing, psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Harm reduction is really important, and people under or overestimate psychedelics. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a crazy world out there when you take psychedelics. Um, <laughs> prepare the unexpected. You really have to be in a, in the mindset for it. Um, I mean, I've had I've had customers. Now we're talking my side job, but I've had customers who message me and they are at the brink of wanting to end their lives and that's really heavy stuff Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. they've tried everything you know they've tried therapy they've tried um medications they've tried uh i don't know switching up their life a little bit they've tried they've tried a lot of things but for them psychedelics was their only answer and that's a really heavy thing you know that really heavy you know yeah, it's very heavy, and and that plant medicine um can be the answer. I don't think it's the cure for all, but it could be the answer for some people under a clinical setting. You know, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't really think there's any one thing that's a cure all. You know, there's really nothing in this it, world it, that's gonna work for everybody all the time, except I guess eating food. <laughs> like, well, not even then. I yeah, mean, and drink. Yeah, I mean, and drinking water. <laughs> the, the, the essential things that, that keep us alive. Um, but more or less, you know, like all those other things, there's not always one thing that works for everybody. And, and finding that for yourself and, you know, I guess kind of being self-aware enough to say, even for yourself, like, you know, oh, when I did this the next day, I had even more anxiety. So just because i'm you know you know a lot about it just because you're positive about it doesn't mean that it's going to always work and be the thing that you need exactly 
we can even apply that to the creative process. Like um, maybe that's another thing with uh, creative process is the need for experimentation. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think people are nowadays more afraid to experiment or not even experiment, but um, to do things different. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe because they want it to be good. And so they, we follow a formula um, of what has been done, which is great for marketing reasons, you know, follow the formula. If you want right. to build, build your, I'm not afraid to say that. I mean, like, with, like when it comes to marketing yourself, if there's a formula that works, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but yeah, I mean, if you're just trying to create and trying to, you know, um, find a new thing to do or find a new project, don't be afraid to just like experiment, try everything. Um, mm we're so stuck sometimes with uh, what we're doing. 100%. Yeah. And a lot of the times it's, it's, it's getting, I mean, when I do my most creative stuff, I'm, I'm going into territory. I haven't been before. And you mentioned that anxiety, living with anxiety, creating while having anxiety. I mean, we, I mean, at some point you can't really get rid of any anxiety. Um, I mean, that's, it's, it's healthy to have some type of anxiety, but the creative really has to manage that, control it, and use it in so many ways. That it's I, so I use it as a trigger. If if I'm getting anxious, I used to think about it as a negative. So anxiety kept me safe. I'm, if I feel anxiety, well, then I don't go there because I'm safe mm-hmm. when I don't. My anxiety is telling me don't go there. I've now come to think about it in whenever I feel anxious, I'm thinking about it like, oh, this is normal. Like. This this is a this is a territory I haven't been before, so that's exciting. So I'm actually like welcoming my anxiety more than I have before, as opposed to you know uh, kind of curling in and reclusing in. So whenever I feel anxious about something and worried, I uh, I've come to shift my mindset and be like, oh, I'm anxious because this is a new territory for me, and that's normal. And let's go with that, and let me embrace that a little bit more. So that's been very helpful for me. And but 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 psilocybin definitely has helped me understand. It just helped me turn the anxiety off for a minute and realize, oh wow, I'm just living in anxiousness all my life, mm-hmm. and it's controlling my life. It's controlling who I am. Um, so it's just very interesting. Uh, uh, that it's d- different for experience for people. There's a word that I feel like has been circulating this whole conversation. Um. And at least in my mind, and it's uh, reframing. And I feel like it's just such a beautiful term for what we're talking about, like reframing your mind, reframing your expectations, reframing your intentions, all those things, um, you know, all these things in our lives that need to be reframed so that we can move forward in a in a new way. That's a really beautiful thing you just said. Y'all are gonna make me cry. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> our goal. Like that's our goal. <laughs> that's awesome. You'd be our first cry yet. <laughs> oh my god, that love us. <laughs> <laughs> we need this. <laughs> we need this oh real god, experience. <laughs> no, I'm so cheesy. I'm so corny. You don't uh, understand. I love. I love, I love these corny. <laughs> 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 that's awesome. This is great. No, but it is so true. Y'all are just saying the. <laughs> Anyways, let me re- let me just reframe myself. <laughs> That's no, great. but I really like what you both said. I mean, I it's true that the the circumstances you live in, 
what what environment we're in whatever we could change will change mm-hmm. if, as long as we have the will but there are things we just cannot change yeah. like you said before right. um we will always have some level of anxiety some more than others sometimes it will be more tomorrow and then the yeah. next day it'll be less but there is it's a defense it's our body it's our mm-hmm. fight or flight mechanism that's that's what makes us human mm-hmm. but in, indeed it's true it's, it is about reframing like our um the way we think about things um i think that's what makes or breaks our creative process in the end and what we how we do things if we wake up every day i know this sounds so oh my god i'm saying so funny <laughs> i'm gonna regret all of this tomorrow no no these are real <laughs> these are real thoughts <laughs> but it's if I wake up feeling like I have, let's say I wake up feeling like I'm poor. And that is a very strong word to say now um, that I can't think of the best word right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I, let's just say I feel lack of abundance tomorrow, right. that will manifest in the way I move, the way I do things, say things, create things. But what if I can change the way I feel? I can feel abundant. Um and not abundant, like rich, you know, money-wise, but just in general abundant. I have talent. I have creative skills. I have family. I have friends. Um, I'm living under a roof. These things we take for granted, but it helps so much in getting yourself into a certain mindset. Mm-hmm. It is corny. There are, there are some people that struggle with this, and that's beyond yeah. their control. Right. Everyone's on their own journey. I have friends who are going through their own mental health journey that can't be there yet and i i mm-hmm. see that you know and i respect that you know like that that is what it is it's mm-hmm. what it is now right but i think the world we can benefit a little bit more from being more kinder to ourselves right. and um yeah that was my new year's resolution i had so many goals for my for 2021 <laughs> oh. oh you made goals after 2020 i know 2020 i was like no goals ever again i'm not playing no, no, no. <laughs> not no, goals like yo no i know i know what you mean <laughs> i didn't write goals like i'm gonna lose 10 pounds like that's just like i was really making like more uh heady goals like as a concept and right. my, my, yeah. main, my main thing was like I was going to um, move out of love more than out of fear. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's a great goal. <laughs> it is a good goal. It's a great goal. I'm trying because we tend to move out of a desire to succeed and a desire to not fail and in a desire to mm. kind of rush with time. Like, I need to get this done. I feel guilty. I didn't work all week. I need to work now. I it, it, This feeling of guilt, this feeling of like, overworking yourself it's rooted from fear we are to some extent moving from fear but what if we can move out of joy and love and yeah you know i'm i'm corny like that but you know i i yeah i'm trying i mean like i said last year before i got on this podcast i was reading all my i write a lot journal wise i was reading what i was writing and i was like well i was in a really dark space like yeah you know and i i accept that you know we go to dark spaces all the time yeah it is what it is right and maybe maybe tomorrow i will be in a dark space again who knows that's just the human experience of what it is but 
I was like, no, okay, I want to be kinder to myself this year or mm-hmm. this coming month. Why not? You know, uh, at least that's what I can change. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. really important. And this comes up a couple of times throughout this podcast is journaling in the morning or just writing some thoughts down kind of consistently each day just as a practice. I definitely, if you're listening to this and you don't do this, I definitely recommend it because it's 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 really just so simple to just write those thoughts down. And then you can look back on them. I don't recommend looking back on them until like a year. <laughs> like, so, take some time. Yeah, take some time. But then like, but but you'll start to see yourself differently. And it's really cool if you can continue doing that each day. Um, you know, so, but that's a really good word. And just to kind of circle back to everything that you said is, we are in this era of social media and the internet and just being inundated by videos from everybody. Um, you know, the concept that like we are what we consume kind of comes up for me from time to time. And you mentioned that every morning I, I've, I've also taken on this practice of not looking at my phone in the morning. Uh, I need to get a little bit better for myself, not looking at it at night. Um, but social media, man, you take that in in the morning. It really does frame what you think and feel and it just your creative experience is, is yours that's the whole point is to show us what you feel <laughs> and so um it, it just prevents that in so many ways yeah for sure I mean at least in general for social media I don't okay I do photography uh and so Instagram is photography um I just choose not to follow a lot of people within my realm or industry that's just a choice I've made mm. I I feel bad I've unfollowed some classmates and it's not like on not to be shady I've I just unfollow a lot of classmates and it's not like like I, oh yeah I dislike you or I can't see what you're doing but I need to take a step back because yeah like I said I was I I'm the type of person I'm very do or die if I get into something I get into it and I needed to take a I needed to take a break I needed to take some separation that I have a life outside of my creative process and my work and I could be I could be an artist in other ways whether it's practicing rest that is in itself I think a pure form of expressing yourself so I needed to take a step back and I think social media I love social media I love the way it's brought yeah me too I don't know maybe yeah I like it. No, no, no. I just have a lot of great things with it. Um, I don't know if some people have come on this podcast like, yo, fuck social media, but... Oh, yeah, tons. Well, <laughs> <laughs> tons. I love social media. I love studying algorithms. I I, I do. And like I, I was going to mention before, I love marketing to some extent, you know, like if you just to like, I don't know, I like patterns and I like to discover mm. what a pattern is and marketing is a pattern, you know? of human behavior and how we receive things. I love that stuff. Um, and I love the way it's created community and an oh, art yeah. community. Um, it's done a lot for a lot of marginalized communities, communities that are not getting the platforms they deserve on like the mainstream broadcast oh, yeah. channel. Well, yeah. I, I like how you're bringing this up because creatives need to, or not need to, but I would encourage creatives to think about or reframe the way they think about social media because it's really like it could be your best friend if you use it correctly and yeah. um, de- encouraging creatives to just kind of like to, to, to embrace it a little bit more and just have a little bit of a different way of thinking about it 
um, you know, social media tends to be very conform conformist and creatives to hate that in so many ways. Um, but it's if you use it correctly, it could help. It could connect you to people you've never realized and you can For get sure. your art out there in so many ways and feel support, which is what we all want. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I For think sure. it's a really great that you mentioned it because social media has a lot of great things it offers. It does. I mean, listen, I was on my anti-social media flow last year and then, <laughs> like I said, I'm going to change this right now. <laughs> um, I'm just trying, I mean, like, I haven't posted since January just because I just wanted to take a break, but I'm genuinely excited when I start posting again because, indeed, you have to reframe, we say reframe now, but um, we have to reframe the, our relationship to things. Social media is not going anywhere. That's a circumstance. Oh, that's it's a fact. Oh, that's a fact. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Either you live or die by this thing. Yeah. And so you either decide to be a part of it or not. And I guess, you know, like I think, yeah, you have to change your relationship to it. And I feel like a lot of creatives like you talked about, about this non-conforming thing. If you're an artist who is, who's working as an artist, who is, um, whose business practice is around selling their art, their artistic services. Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid about about you know following the wheel in that sense. Yeah. yeah. Marketing is a pattern and we're not changing that pattern. No. Um, I feel like people need to be less afraid of conforming in some cases. Mm. I don't know. I think it's I think it's conforming to say that you're non-conformist as an artist. Hot take. <laughs> Um, yeah that's great fact, i don't know i mean like why are you afraid of business why are we oh man oh next no podcast Our, yes. economics the next one yeah, is right. we're gonna we, this is coming up this is a topic that we're about to hit and because creativity and the business is uh we we need it we need to have a professional on here to come talk about this business because edition. it's a it's a really really hard topic for creatives but um for another day um, yeah. so I'm so grateful that you came on this, uh, the podcast shared your wonderful real thoughts. And if someone wants to look it up and find you on social media, what's your shout outs here? What's your handles? Okay. Instagram at, okay, no, no wait, scratch that. Everyone take your pen to scratch that Instagram. <laughs> oh my God. I'm the worst. My Instagram is Sid S Y D Rahim Tula R A H I M two like the number two la that's for instagram and tiktok um it will i'm sure it'll be linked somewhere yeah i yeah, have not posted in a while but i'm coming back i swear oh we all need a little breaks so that's for sure so thanks so much for joining us so our special thanks to sydney rahamtula for joining us on the podcast and sharing her amazing thoughts there was so much in there that I could talk all day on and just so grateful that she was able to share those thoughts with us. If you have, so as usual, if you enjoy this podcast, give us a written review. That does wonders for us and give us a subscribe so that we can catch these episodes weekly. If you have any questions and want to reach out to us, now that's artpodpod at gmail.com. So share this with a friend as well if you find this empowering and inspiring so that we can continue to help other creatives thrive on their journey. Um, thank you so much. Hope you see you next week and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you.